0: So I don't know uh, your familiarity with the uh, United States Capitol. It's March of 1792. Then Secretary of State Thomas Jefferson announced a competition. The award was $500 and a city lot to whoever produced the most approved plan for the United States Capitol building. 17 plans were submitted, zero were accepted. So after the competition had ended, uh, Dr. William Thornton requested permission to, su- to submit a proposal. Ultimately, his plans were accepted. The very next year, President George Washington led a parade of people to Jenkins Hill. Now we call that same space Capitol Hill. And uh, the festivities, right, on the cornerstone, on September 18, 1783, they laid the cornerstone of the Capitol building. The festivities that day uh, concluded with a 500-pound ox being butchered, setting a precedent for one of America's most sacred rituals, the barbecue. Uh, And with 225 years of history under its belt, this building is arguably uh, the most storied structure in our country, in the history of our country, the decisions that are, have been made there, the actions that have been taken there, conversations had within the hallowed halls have altered the course of history time and time again. If those walls could talk, they would tell of public hearings and private conversations and floor debates and committee votes that have forged this nation. It was there on May 24, 1844, Samuel Morse tapped out the first long-distance telegraph message. It was in that building on March 3rd, 1865 that Abraham Lincoln first learned that the South desired to surrender. It was there on December 8th, 1941. FDR delivered a date which will live in infamy speech to a joint session of Congress. They declared war on Japan for their unprovoked attack on Pearl Harbor, and the United States entered into World War II. In 1864, Congress invited because they wanted this to be the people's building. Invited each state to nominate two prominent citizens for display inside the Capitol. 38 of the uh, of now 100 statues stand guard in Statuary Hall, and they include from each state: Philo T. Farnsworth of Utah, the inventor of the television. Thank you. We can watch football games at home, right? We love him. Thomas Edison from the state of Ohio, holder of 1,093 U.S. patents. Rosa Parks, Helen Keller of Alabama, who broke racial and disability barriers. And Sacagawea of uh, North Dakota, who helped Lewis and Clark explore the Louisiana Purchase. Uh, It has incredible stuff inside. Maybe the most surprising spot in the whole building. And how many of you have ever taken a tour of the Capitol building? And I wonder if you if you were taken to this place. It's called the Whispering Spot. Did they tell you about that? The Whispering Spot, there's a place on either side of Statuary Hall where if you speak in a whisper on this side of the room, people all the way on the other side of the room uh, can hear your voice as if you're just inches away from their ear. There have been a few stories told about that room over the years. One of my favorites, I think, is about John Quincy Adams who pretended to be asleep at his desk while eavesdropping on political opponents having a conversation on the other side of the room. I really like that guy's style. Um, And I don't know if Dr. Thornton intended that acoustical effect. And because of the altered configuration of that room over the years, the whispering spot now, it happens in different areas than when it was originally created. But the reality is this, and I want to make sure you catch this. If you stand in the right spot, you can hear a quiet whisper all the way across the room, even if it's noisy. I mean, if there is a loud commotion in the room, you can still hear the whisper if you stand in just the right spot. So today we begin our Christmas series that we're calling Whisper. And if this is your first time here today, my name is Mike. I'm the lead pastor here at MCC. Thanks for joining us. And uh, man, I'd love to meet you. I'm going to be right up front here after the service. So if, if you're okay with it and don't mind coming up and introducing yourself, I just I would love to thank you for being here today. And uh, for those who are following us online, if you're watching this today online, thank you for joining us there. And our hope is that someday you'll be able to be part of MCC here in this place, and that we can be the kind of place. Where you can grow in your faith and you can exercise your gifts to help serve God in his kingdom. Uh, on your notes, this quote toward the top Tell me to what you pay attention, and I will tell you who you are. Just underneath it, you should see this You will eventually be shaped in the image of the loudest voice in your life, the voice you listen to most, because genuine listening, when we genuinely listen to someone else, That is ultimately an act of submission. So we chose whisper as what we're going to chase after this Christmas because God has whispered to different people in different ways throughout the Christmas story. He whispered to the wise men through a star. He whispered to Joseph through a dream. He whispered to the shepherds through a choir of angels. He whispered to two old people, and we'll talk about them uh, at the the end of the month, on the last Sunday of the month. And on Christmas Eve, we're going to talk about how God still whispers to us today through the birth of his son and we're going to talk about what he's whispering to us. So I hope you'll join us uh, for one of those services. But if the Spanish philosopher is correct, what you pay attention to, especially in this month, tells you. then doesn't, tell, doesn't have to tell anyone. It tells you who you are. So we stand at the second day of December, perhaps the noisiest month of the year. I don't know if you would agree with that or not, but I think it's probably one of the noisiest months of the year. And there are a lot of voices that are clamoring for your attention. And I would point you to a verse that we don't even consider a Christmas verse, really. But God says this in Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. And so the question that I want to ask you coming out of that is the still small voice the loudest voice in your life. Or, let me ask it this way, is it even possible in the month of December, with all the noise going on, to hear that still, small voice? Did you know that the Latin word for obey literally means to give ear? And so, I, I listen, in tuning into God's frequency, it means turning up the volume. It's, it's, it is obeying His whisper, even if thousands of other voices Are screaming a different message to you. It's tuning into that still small voice and listening and obeying him. So, we're gonna look at the story of the Magi who were listening to God whisper uh, to them through a star. So, Matthew chapter 2, or if you've got your Bible app open, the notes are there. Hope you'll follow along. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose. And so we came here to worship him. Now, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah, where it said the Messiah was to be born. And they replied, in Bethlehem in Judea, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." So Herod called the magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him as well. And after they heard this, they heard King Herod, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Listen, if you're taking notes, I want you to... Notice the first one, the first whisper that God, uh, the first whisper of God sets the scene for the birth of Jesus before anything else, before anyone else actually gets there, and it is the star. So I just want to make sure you catch that because the star listen, isn't the only part of creation that whispers about God. It's not even the first part of creation that whispers about God. When Paul wrote to the church in Rome, he was addressing those who claimed they couldn't know that God existed. And Paul wrote this, they know everything that can be known about God because God has shown it all to them. God's eternal power and character cannot be seen. But from the beginning of creation, God has shown what these are like by all that he has made. That's why these people don't have any excuse. In other words, creation has been singing God's song since the beginning of our world. And listen, doesn't nature still today talk to you about Jesus' birth? For me, it's as simple as the temperature drops and the snowflakes fall every once in a while. Did you notice this week that the snow started falling? All right, it was kind of a pretty, I can't remember which day it was. But I can remember uh, thinking to myself, and I don't know what it whispers to you, but when the snow began to fall, it just began to whisper to me, About Jesus' birth because I associate that with his birth. And you've heard me say this, that people are more open this time of year than any other time of the year to who Jesus is or who he could be in their lives. And I wonder if the cold air and snowflakes don't maybe whisper to others about Jesus as well. Now, I will admit that come January and February, the very same elements whisper something entirely different to me. Ready for it to be over, but when fall has come and now we're moving into this time of year, and the first of the you know the temperature begins to drop and the snow just begins to fall, it signals something. It tells us something. But in this part of the Christmas story, God whispers through a star. Which, by the way, if you've ever wondered why almost every nativity includes a star. This is why, huge part in the story, Matthew tells us that God commissioned a particular star to act as a guide for a group of men from the east who had developed this interest in looking for the Christmas child. And scholars for years have tried to figure out exactly what was it that they saw in the nighttime sky. And generally, scholars speculate it was one of three possibilities. About 11 B.C., Halley's Comet could be seen shooting across the sky, and, and so maybe it was that. Or around 7 BC, there was this conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter, and so maybe this is what they saw, and they, they followed that. Between 5 and 2 BC, there was an unusual astronomical phenomenon. Some believe it was a nova, which is a star showing a sudden large increase in brightness that then went back, slowly returning to its original state over a few months, and maybe that was it. As well I want to add my, spec, my scientific speculation. after three years of high school science classes and extensive study, here's what I believe happened. God told one of the stars that He created, placed in the sky and knows by name, told it to go from where it was to Bethlehem, and not to move too quickly because there were men following it, and we all know how easily they get lost if you get too far ahead of them. Listen, while we don't know how God did it, we are told why he did it. Verse 9 says, the star went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. In verse 10, we read, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Do you know why they were overjoyed? It's because they were, God provided them with GPS. This is God's version of the first century global positioning system. And they would never have found Jesus without the star. They would not have found him. And I want to show you something that you've seen in these verses. Every time you read them or every time you've heard these verses read, I just, just want to make sure, I don't know if you've noticed it, I want to make sure you get this. The Magi sought Jesus because God sought the Magi. They didn't start the search. He did. No one reaches out to God first. He always initiates the search. So the Christmas star, God's gift of direction, his travel guide, for anyone who would seek his son. This star reminds us that God has always provided, throughout time, he has provided travel guides to people who are looking for him. This is why Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 7. He said, if you ask, you will. If you'll seek, you will knock and the door will be open to you. So check this out. The very next thing he says, for everyone who asks will receive and anyone who seeks will find and the door will be open to anyone Who knocks on it? Listen, guess who that word everyone is talking about? It's talking about you. It's talking about me. It's talking about everybody that we know. Everyone, because people matter to God. Listen, all people, all people matter to God. I believe that he makes ways for people who diligently seek him to find him because God Loves it when people want so badly to be with him that they will they will work hard for it. So let me give you three truths the star whispers to us if we're listening because that rolls right into it. First one is this: first whisper of the star. God's will is that all people find and worship his son. All people. I, I, I don't know what you know if you know the background of the Magi, they were outsiders by race, they were Gentiles, they were not Jews like the Israelites, they were Gentiles by profession, they were dabblers in a religion that God detested. They were considered despicable people by the Israelites, and yet here they are invited to the birthday party for the king. God allows all kinds of people to come to him, he overthrows all kinds of man made barriers, whether it's your nation, your nationality, your past, your gender, your color, your financial status, your religion, your language. All listen everyone. It doesn't matter what kind of barriers have been put up in front of you by someone else or maybe by yourself. God, you matter to God. The whole story foreshadows this theme. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus is about to go back to heaven. His earthly ministry is over, and he tells his apostles, "Go, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, not just Israelites, but all nations. So at the beginning of Matthew's gospel, All of the nations are coming to him, and at the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus is sending his followers out to all of the nations. And listen, all of us at one time, no one in this room doesn't fall in this category. We all at one time were outsiders. I was an outsider at one point. You were an outsider At one point. That's why Peter, when he talks to us at the end of the New Testament, he he reminds us that we were called out of darkness by God into his light. God called to you. God sent somebody to you. Here's the question. Who is the somebody that God sent to you? I kind of want you to get that person's face in mind. I don't know if you can remember when you were just getting interested in faith stuff, you know, this whole religion thing, this whole Jesus thing. and you and, and is it real? And, and it was kind of confusing. And I don't remember if you remember feeling overwhelmed as you were trying to figure figure this out and maybe maybe some of us, even this morning, you're still trying to figure it out. You're not real sure if it's real, but you kind of want to find out. I don't know if you remembered for those of you who have been there. If you remember what God did, he provided a travel guide. Somebody somebody led you to him. And it might have been your mom or dad. It might have been somebody at work, it might have been a teacher at school, it might have been it might have been a grandma or a grandpa. It could have been a pastor. But all of us who are Jesus followers, if we retrace our spiritual journey back, somebody was beside us to help us get help get us to Jesus. And we would say this, perhaps you would say this about that person without them I don't know if I would have ever found Jesus. They were just at the right place at the right time and they walked right beside me through the whole thing and I had so many questions and I did so many dumb things and they stuck with me. God had someone cross our path, someone whose love for us was real, love for God was real, and there was something about their faith. didn't seem phony. didn't seem fake. It just seemed like it was spot on, like they had a relationship with Jesus, and it was so compelling to us that we trusted them to help us find Jesus as well. And for those of you who are still seeking, let me give you a word of encouragement. Chances are God has already put somebody in your life You have already noticed that they seem to love you and they sure love God. And their faith seems real. There's something about their faith that does not seem pretend at all. And you have paid close attention to that. That person, you're looking through your relationships, that person may be your guide. And for those of us who are Jesus followers already, may I suggest to you, it may be you. You may be the person that they're thinking of. For the last couple of weeks, I've reminded us that Jesus said in Matthew 5, we are the light of the world. Paul would say later in the New Testament, I love that he says this, you will shine like stars in the dark sky uh, in the world. People will notice us. God's will is that everybody would find him and worship his son. The star also whispers something else. The star whispers that God's word can still lead seekers to Jesus. And this is important. It's not just the guide. His word also leads us. Uh, if, if we pay attention to what Paul wrote to the church in Rome, again, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is what? The power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. Scripture is powerful enough for us. That star led the Magi to Jerusalem. But what was it once they got to Jerusalem? Remember, they run into King Herod. What is it that took them from Jerusalem to Bethlehem? was the Scriptures. Remember, because Herod asked uh, his religious leaders, where is this child going to be born? And they said, the prophet says, Bethlehem. To really take the word means to trust it and obey it. That's why Jesus would say to his followers, you are my friends if you do what I command. It's not just about hearing it. It's actually about putting it into practice in our lives. You know what's so ironic in this story is that it's the magi who accepted the word and the devout religious leaders who didn't. The religious leaders didn't believe God's word. These outsiders believed it. What's the chance that if the Messiah that you had been waiting for for centuries was born only five miles, it was predicted he would be born five miles from where you lived? You're a religious leader, you've studied this, you know this, and someone says, hey, we've been following this star. What's the chance that you wouldn't take that five-mile journey to at least check it out? But these religious leaders represent people who confuse information with transformation, which is why Jesus would say in John chapter 5, you study the Scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. But these are the very Scriptures that testify about me, and yet you refuse to come to me to have that life. Reminds me of the dad who had given his son a Bible story book. And the son was five years old, and it wasn't too long after that that he noticed, as he's looking through the pages in his son's book, that the word God, on every page where it appeared, the name God, the word God was circled. And when he asked his boy, you know, he, he said, I did that, Dad. I just want to know where he is in case I need him. You know, that's, listen, that's what this is about. God has given us his book so we can find him, and not just for facts, But since you know where to find him for faith, because Jesus is worthy of the most careful investigation that you can do. One more whisper. God's way will always demand a sacrifice. The star is whispering, whispered to them, whispers to us this morning. You want to follow? It's going to cost you something. The gifts they brought, do you remember? Gold is a gift for a king. Incense is a gift to a priest. Myrrh is a really unusual gift to give to a child that you believe is about to become a king. It was a precious spice that was used to prepare people for burial. Uh, And it's a reminder to us, even in the midst of these gifts that are given, that Jesus' kingdom is not built on force. It has always been built on sacrifice and love. Jesus would say, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. So in verse 12, the Magi worshiped Jesus, and they went home by another route. I just want to say this too. Anytime you determine that you're going to worship Jesus, that you're going to follow him, it will change the route by which you live. There will be something different about you. You You'll begin to live in a new way. You'll begin to learn what it means to be selfless. You will pick up a cross, and you will live opposite to what the world says to us. In Jeremiah 29, God says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That's who God's looking for, people who will love him and follow him regardless of the cost, and people who are willing to make sacrifices for the sake of his kingdom today through the church And in the power of His Spirit. So remember, these wise men had been searching for two years for Jesus, which means two years away from home, which means two years away, uh, two years of not sleeping in their bed, two years of not eating dinner at their table. Do you think it was worth it when they found the Christ Child? (laughs) Was it worth the sacrifice when they found Him? God whispered through a star, and they listened. And someone at some point this season is going to pray. And it's a prayer to a God. They're not even real sure exists. You ever heard someone pray like, God, I don't even know if you really exist, but just in case you do, here's the thing. Their prayer is for a light. Their prayer is going to be for someone to show them how to find him. And I want to make sure you get this because you, 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 You are God's answer to their prayer. They are praying to a God they're not even sure exists, hoping that He will do something. And you are the something that He's going to do if you will allow yourself to be used by Him. You will be the one to show them that life is not futile. You'll be the one who's not afraid of the tough questions. Even if you don't know the answers, you're not afraid of those and you'll find the answers. You will allow God to guide you as he uses you to guide them to his son. So your next step in your faith journey this Christmas, and this is for everyone in the room, if you would set aside time each day to listen to God and do what He says. Don't just listen, but do what He says to you. And so, to make that easier, I'd like everyone to read the same thing this Christmas season. So, on the electronic, uh, if you're looking at the notes electronically on the U Version app today, uh, you'll note that at the bottom is a reading plan called "The Magic of Christmas." If you are not using that, if you have the Bible, if you don't have the Bible app, the U Version Bible app, you can download that from our website. I want to encourage you to do that. You will find the reading program. It's called The Magic of Christmas. There will be a link to that. Uh, I would love for you, and by the way, I sent that out in the weekend uh, email that I send out each weekend. If you don't receive that, all you have to do on your card, the connection card this morning, either this one or the electronic one, just let us know you want to receive that. Give us your email address, and we'll make sure that you get it. But I want to encourage you, all of us, to read that together, to stop for five minutes, because what that does is it recalibrates our heart for the day. Stop and let the Christmas story unfold before you. It is a 25-day reading program, so if you start today, many of us have already started, but if you start today, I just encourage you to read both days. Read day one and day two, and then tomorrow you'll be right on track with day three. I want to encourage you to do that. Let's read that together. Here's the next thing. Your next step you are a star for someone. There are people who are around you in your sphere of influence, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your school, who are trying to figure this thing out. And they can't figure it out on their own. They need someone to help them. You are that someone. So you are that for someone. Someone has been that for you. I've done something this morning that's a little bit juvenile. I, uh, I have provided stars for everybody. They're at all of the doors. So wherever you are, they're up at the balcony, on the ledge, there's as well, in the back of the room. So at all the doors, there's some right here in front of me. And what I'd like you to do, I wasn't going to force anybody to do this, but here's what I'd love you to do. I'd love you to pick one of these up today. And on this star, would you just write the name of the person? Just think of one person who helped you come to know Jesus. They They were the one who guided you. Would you put that on that star and just... You know, during this Christmas season, would you pray for them and just say thanks? And thanks, God, for blessing me through their life. Without them, I don't know that I would have found you. But the other thing I'm going to ask you to do is there's somebody that you know who doesn't know Jesus. Would you put their name on here as well and pray for them this Christmas season? Because this may be the year that they find Jesus, and they may find him because of you. And so would you put their name on here? Would you pray for them and invite them to one of our Christmas Eve services? <laughs> it was interesting, I was talking to a couple this past week doing premarital counseling with them. We were talking about how she can be a help to her husband spiritually or her fiancé spiritually. And she said, you know, I could invite him to come to Christmas Eve services with me this year. The first step for somebody, I want to encourage you help them take that step and if you've come here this morning and you have never given your life to Jesus do you know what he wants more than anything else the thing that he wants more than anything else in the world is your heart he just wants to be your friend he wants you to love him like he loves you and if you've never made that decision can I encourage you we'd love to help you do that I'll be again I'll be right down front this morning afterwards if you want to talk about that at the end of service if you want to set up a time to talk about it this week I would love to talk to you about that and make that happen There's a quote at the end of your bulletin, the end of your notes there. It says, we study the Christmas story to see what it reveals about God. God watches what we do with the Christmas story to see what it reveals about us. I don't know what your favorite Christmas decoration is. Uh, Out in our lobby, maybe it was the giant snowflakes. Man, I love those giant snowflakes. Maybe it's the twinkling lights in the ceiling. Maybe it's the trees that are lit. Maybe it's the lights outside. I love all of those things. But I will tell you the decoration that means most to me is sitting over here to the left of the stage. And you've probably seen the cross sitting on my left, your right. You've probably seen the cross sitting over there each week. Maybe what you didn't notice this morning is that there is a manger sitting in front of it. It's my favorite because it reminds me that the birth of Jesus that we love to celebrate includes the cross of Jesus. Because that reminds me not only that he came, it reminds me why he came. And so this morning we're preparing to take communion now. Through our communion we remember why Jesus, his coming to earth is so important. It's because that cross, what he did on the cross, gave us forgiveness for our sins. And so as we determine to follow him, and as we determine to take time each day to read together and for some to give our life to him, we take this bread this morning, Part of our following is taking the bread and the cup because they remind us of what he did for us on the cross and that we cannot celebrate Christmas without remembering Easter. Let's go to him in prayer. God, thank you for this story. Thank you for all of the moving pieces in it. And there's so many characters in this story that all come looking or serving you and end up serving Jesus because of that or telling his story in some fashion. And so God, thank you for this story. Thank you for the Magi who are outsiders as far as, uh, as Israel was concerned. And yet you called them, you included them into this story, and they began looking for him before anyone else did. So God, thank you for them. And we pray this morning as we remember their story, we remember the person that you put in our lives who helped us find you. And they allow us to come to this moment in communion where we get to remember that Jesus died for our sins because someone helped us find Jesus. God, help us also remember that you'll use us if we will allow you. So that maybe in the near future, someone will be sitting beside us also remembering that Jesus died for their sins because you used us to help them. So God, as we hold these emblems in our hand, we pray that you will be honored. We pray this through your son, Jesus. Amen.